Chelsea, and you're listening to Beyond the Picket Fence. Not just any episodes of Beyond the Picket Fence, but this is a special segment called 25 Days of Updates. 25 days of 25 days of 25 days of 25 days of updates. <laughs> Happy holidays! If you've been around all season, you've been hearing interviews with amazing, incredible, stupendous... Okay, that's a little much, but... We've been talking to really amazing people, and I've had a few people request updates. So here is 25 days of updates from everyone that we have interviewed this season. If you've missed any, Hakuna Matata, you'll find the link to the original episode in each update's show notes. You're welcome. This is day four. The update from episode 24, Lo, the Paralympian. How has your life been since we went beyond your white picket fence? Yeah. Well, one thing really cool that happened, you know, I didn't really know where our conversation was going to go. I actually thought it was going to go somewhere totally different. Um, I really thought that we were going to talk about friendship because I had like the loss of a friendship this year. And uh, so I was really thinking about that. But then it ended up going in this totally different direction. I started talking about my days as a Paralympian and, you know, being disabled. And that was really interesting. And then my family took this road trip to the Grand Canyon in October and we passed through Oklahoma. And when I was like two days away from Oklahoma, I was like, oh, we're going to Oklahoma. I should see if my old coach is going to be around the men's coach, the one who I loved. And he was around And I was like, oh, is there anything going on? And at first he was like, well, the women's team is flying in, but it wasn't going to coordinate with my times. And he said, oh, but the men's team is going to be doing a scrimmage against Team Canada. And it was coordinating with my time. So my family stopped in and I got to watch a scrimmage with the men versus Team Canada. And the old assistant coach of the men he stopped in. He's now the head coach of the college there. So he came in and I knew like about four of the players uh, from the men's team. They're still playing. So that was really cool. And what was neat was I had just kind of done this walk down memory lane of my Paralympic days. And then, you know, two months later, I got to actually go see this man who was so influential from that time in my life and my kids got to see the sport in person, which was really neat. I have a bad shoulder right now. I actually, I thought I had like a torn rotator cuff that came out of nowhere, but I finally got in to see a doctor and it turns out I just have frozen shoulder. What's this thing called frozen shoulder? And I just have to get a shot and do some PT and then it should be fine. Um, So I couldn't like sit on the court and play or anything because it's like really painful. But actually, you know, after it came out, I shared it with my team. You know, we're on like a group chat and uh, several of them still play. And I was a little nervous to share it with them because, you know, your experience is your experience. It's how you view it. And I did, you know, I don't know how they viewed my experience on the team, you know, and a couple of them still play. I'm trying to think how many, maybe only one of them is still playing now, but at the time she was a teenager, she was like 16 and now she's a mom of four kids. You know, she had four kids while playing for the Paralympic team. 
that's crazy. I know. What did, they, what did your teammates have to say about it? Did it? They were all so excited. No one ever gave me feedback after listening, but when I sent it out, they were like, oh my gosh, so cool. We can't wait to listen. So that was kind of neat. And, um, and it was painful that you were in Arizona at the Grand Canyon. So I know. So far. I'm like, can't we just take like a four hour trip and just go? go I know. I reached out to you. I was like, I've been to Arizona. How far is that from you? And you were like, yeah, Arizona's big. <laughs> yeah I felt when you were here I felt your soul yeah (laughs) okay so what else we talked about your Paralympian stuff becoming a mom and your business what's how is the podcast and we actually haven't talked for a long time so this is good for me (laughs) yeah yeah so it's been um it's been a good practice of just continuing to record and produce and post and not worry so much about um, obsessing over the numbers. You and I are both in the same coaching program. Mm -hmm. And so there's like a strategy to growing the show and to, you know, connecting with people. And I don't always get to that daily engagement of like connecting with people and chatting with them. And it's about authentic engagement with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't always get to that because we know and we appreciate authenticity. It's like, right. It doesn't count if it's just a random stranger that I'm like, here, listen to this. Like, it has to be like, I've created this whole relationship. (laughs) Right. Exactly. But I don't know about you, but I just feel like just as I've been scheduling these updates and stuff, I'm just like, holy crap. I've done a podcast for a year without quitting and I've been pretty consistent like we should be so proud. I know. That's amazing. (laughs) That's amazing. Well, I, I just had a podcast come out. Um, I had interviewed my husband's great aunt who is 91. Whoa. About her breastfeeding experiences. And as soon as I was starting my podcast, I knew I wanted someone on the show like that. And I thought she would be a really great person to have on the show because she was on staff on the Peace Corps years ago and went to Nigeria, like the second batch of people who were in the Peace Corps, like when it first started and she had two young children. She was done breastfeeding at the time, but, you know, she worked and had children at a time when not many women did, not at the very beginning when she was baby feeding. We kind of talked about that on the podcast, but you know, I've always just looked at her and thought, wow, she was one of the people that like paved the way for those of us who are trying to like both be parents and contribute to the world in a bigger way. My podcast is all about not just breastfeeding, but the systemic barriers that make feeding our babies difficult. And so I knew that someone like her would be really great to have on, to have her memories of what it was like. And when I first approached her, she was like, oh, that was 60 years ago. I don't really remember. And I was like, I'm not going to pressure you, but just think about it. And so she came to, to me later and she said she would be on. So I recorded it months ago, but I saved it. 
And I decided I was going to put it out for my 60th episode, breastfeeding 60 years ago for the 60th episode. Oh, that is super cool. I got goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. And the cool thing is it came out when we were all together for Thanksgiving. <gasps> Oh, that's so special. Is it out? I'm going to go listen to it. Yeah, it just came out on Thursday at, on Thanksgiving Day. And so I sent an email out to the whole family and said, hey, Aunt Jenna was on my podcast. And I think a lot of people, because it's not really my family, it's my husband's family. So yeah. a lot of people didn't even know I had a podcast, you know, and she's the like the matriarch of the family now. She's the oldest person in the family. And so it felt really special for me to do that for their family to create this this record this audio record of her stories from over 60 years ago yeah that's beautiful feeding her children and what it was like for her so that felt really neat so yeah like I'm proud of you for doing this for over a year I'm proud of me for being 60 episodes in now I know 60 is a lot yeah How long have you been doing it well I started last March but I do two a week Oh, wow. That I do good. one guest episode a week and then one, like, I try to keep it under 20 minutes of. Is that new? Um, I feel like that's a new development. Um, I've been doing that. So I started the podcast in March and then ever since like May. Oh, okay. I can't so about two months in, I started like a second episode. That is so cool. Okay. And then I saw in our little group coaching thing that you got paid clients. Is that your first one? Yes. Yeah. So I've been doing this thing where someone will get referred to me and then I'll just like give them free advice on the phone. I'll just talk to them for like an hour and I don't ever sell myself. Mm -hmm. I've been doing that for forever because I was like a free peer counselor for a long time and I worked for somebody else for a long time and I got paid an hourly wage. And so anytime I worked for them, I was just like getting paid hourly and I would just talk to people on the phone or do telehealth on the phone or do FaceTime. And so I didn't quite know how to transition from doing that to somebody calling me and saying, Hey, this is my problem. Or this is what I'm struggling with to saying, great. I would love to help you fill out my intake paperwork mm. and let's get it on the calendar and let me you know, That's take your cool. entrance information and we'll go from there. So I was really struggling with, like, I just kept giving free. Yeah. Advice, you know, information, I just kept giving, lactation yeah, services. I, <laughs> right. I just kept giving free services because that's what I've always done. And I never paying you. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or I was a free peer counselor through like Breastfeeding USA. So I never had to like, seal the deal. You know, I never had to like sell myself. Mm -hmm. And so I, I finally, that. I've really been like, I've even been practicing, like, what does it sound like when somebody calls and how does it sound to be compassionate, to listen to what somebody's saying and say, okay, let's get you squared away with all your paperwork so I can help yeah. you as quickly as possible. Let's compare our schedules you know, and also not be so worried if everything isn't perfect. You know, if I don't have a perfect online scheduler yet, because I have to be HIPAA compliant, you know, so everything mm -hmm. isn't going to be perfect right away when I'm just starting out because I'm a small private practice. You kind of have to build the plane as you're yeah. in the air. 
Yeah. So she found me through her insurance. I was listed through her insurance. So the phone rings and I answer it and I wasn't even, I didn't know who it was. So I, hello. She said, yeah, I'm looking for, you're like, you know, a lactation provider. I was like, oh yes, that's me. I'm like oh, on a walk with her. my kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah, but that is so cool. But that's cool. That means the work that you've been doing now, you're showing up in people's insurance stuff. And yeah, exactly. I was going to ask, I think when we had talked last, you were still waiting on some. Yeah. So I took my test to be board certified. So I've been a CLC for years, certified Mm -hmm. lactation counselor, but the gold standard is IBCLC. And I took my board certifying exam in September, but I won't know until like late December, if I passed or not. Dang it. We're doing this too early. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Well, the thing is, that's another like thing about vulnerability. I'm just trying to like operate as if I passed and then I'll have these moments where I'll, I'll be like, oh my gosh, what if I didn't pass? Like everybody knows that I've taken this exam. I'm building this like public personality, you know, like Mm -hmm. I have a podcast, I'm on Instagram. How do you feel like you did? I think I passed. I think I did, but it's so hard to know. Our scope is limited, but the test questions us far beyond our scope because you have to, um, Like you have to know things far beyond your scope because if somebody comes in and there's a baby with like a medical problem, you have to know, okay, this is beyond my scope. You need to call your doctor immediately. So you get tested far beyond your scope on the exam because they need to know that you know what's within your scope and what's outside of your scope. It's very extensive, the exam. You have to be able to look at breasts and be able to identify cancer. You have to look at breasts and be able to identify, you know, is this thrush? Is this mastitis? Is this Paget's disease of the breast? Should this be treated with antibiotic? You have to be able to see all sorts of medications and say whether or not it's safe for breastfeeding, even though we don't prescribe medication, you know? Um, all sorts of neurological difficulties with babies. We have to be able to, to be able to identify them and then know like, what are the courses of action? Wow. So it's, it's quite difficult. It's a four hour exam. That sounds terrifying. I have like major testing anxiety. So kudos to you just for showing up to take the test. Yeah. And so that's what I keep telling myself, like in the, in the, um, you know, you and I are both about being really vulnerable. I just keep telling myself, okay, so if I didn't pass, I'm going to tell people, you know what? I didn't pass, but anyone can listen to my podcast and know that I am a great lactation counselor. Can you take the test again? And I'll take the test again, right? (laughs) You're going to pass. You're going to pass. Right. But either way, you have to keep me posted on that. I need to know as soon as whoever important in your life knows first, and then you could tell me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm nervous for you. I'm sorry. I don't have the results of the test right now for this update, but Lo is in our free Facebook community and I'm going to tell her to post in there when she passes and then we'll all celebrate with her. If you're not already in that group, the link to join is in the show notes. And with that, we ask the new update ending question. How has your perception of your white picket fence changed? 
since we last were together? You know, it's funny. Have you been on a lot of other podcasts now that you started your podcast? Only like three. Okay. Because it's an interesting balance to strike because I'm one of those people who generally like with my friends, I am a super open book. And then I get these, I think we talked about it, you know, when I was on your show, I get these vulnerability hangovers where I'm like, oh my gosh, I just said too much. And I really appreciate listening to shows like that. But now that I am starting to be on more people's podcasts, because I have my own. And so we do these exchanges. It's an interesting balance to try to strike where, yes, I want to be vulnerable and I want to talk about the hard stuff. Um, but also there is stuff that like, I don't mind that a broader audience hears, but there are particular people in my life that if it were to get back to them, I wouldn't want them to hear and then come back and question me about. And so sometimes I'm like, well, they're never going to hear that. How would they hear that? But I post on social media, oh, I was on this podcast. And then somehow it does lead back to whoever. And so it's interesting to try to um, be vulnerable, but also protect the privacy of my family at the same yes. time. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's exactly answering your question. I think it makes total sense. And it's something I'm balancing too, because I tend to be on the oversharing side. But you know, I have noticed too, is like, this is being vulnerable. But as I'm interviewing people, I get to go back and I get to edit out things I didn't like that I said. Yeah. And I'm like, dang, these people that are talking to me, like they are being so vulnerable because I get to go back and edit that or say it a different way. Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily get to do that. So it's like, am I really being, I have an imposter syndrome of like, am I really being as vulnerable? So now I'm like judging myself of like, am I being as vulnerable as I'm saying that I should be or that everyone should be? Should everyone even be vulnerable? Like I'm starting to learn all of that too. Balancing the vulnerability and the protection of because your experience is your experience for you and you tell it through your eyes, but through someone else's eyes, it could be a completely different experience. And so hopefully my show doesn't take that away from other people of like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. But you also like that person's privacy is protected to an extent, you know, whereas you're more of the public figure there. Yeah. I'm just like, wow. Telling someone's story isn't always as easy as just like coming on and telling your story. You have to take mm -hmm. into consideration all the things. So I think you're it's right. It's really hard. Finding the balance. Yeah. So yeah. I do edit out, make myself sound better, but I also do it for my guests. Me too. You know how many likes and ums I delete? So many. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hard balance of, you know, like, I don't think everybody has to share their entire story with, with everybody else. Like. We all deserve some privacy and it's finding the right balance between vulnerability and privacy. And that's the update from Beyond the Paralympians White Picket Fence. I hope you're enjoying this little audio advent calendar. So if you're counting down to Christmas, only 21 days left. If you celebrate Hanukkah or Kwanzaa, 
I have no idea, but I'm open to learning. If you don't celebrate holidays, happy month of December. Okay, I'm overthinking this. Either way, whatever you're celebrating or not celebrating, happy day four of the updates. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> happy holidays!